Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you glory, we give you praise. Heavenly Father, we ask that even as we are about to sit under your ministration, if we are bound to receive from you, open up our mind and our understanding. Lord, minister to me and through me to your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way in us, oh God. Have your way in this name. Take control, take charge, Holy Spirit. And Spirit of the living God, do your thing. Do your thing, Holy Spirit. Put me aside and have your way. Have your way, sweet Spirit of God. Open up the word unto us. Expose, oh God, these hidden things unto us. Open our eyes, oh God, and refine us in the name of Jesus. That in the end we will be presented before you blameless, oh God, and fit for the master's use. In Jesus' name. We thank you, O oh God, that each and every day we get to know more of you. Each and every day we get to experience more of you. We are grateful. We give you glory and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Our main scripture will be taken from Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12. All verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. It's in the comment section. Let's read it together. The beloved friend, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercy? What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercy? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness, experiencing all that delight he has. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Your genuine act of worship. Stop, this is a verse 2. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. Hmm. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Other version says transformation of your mind. That this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eye. Wow, that is our main scripture. So the Bible is saying in in Romans chapter twelve, verse one, it says that surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness, experiencing all that delight is has. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Hallelujah. Genuine act of worship. So, in research, I realize that an act of worship is an activity we do. An activity we do. That is pleasing to a certain deity. An activity we do. That is pleasing to a certain deity. In other words, doing the things the deity wants you to do. It's an act of worship. For so long, I thought that worship, when we hear, you know, and in a day, when you hear worship, we normally think of that part of the service where we sing slow songs. Or we sing songs of, of adoration to God. And songs of, of um, we sing songs and pour our heart out to God. And that's what we've termed as worship. And that's what we, we, are, we are looking at as worship. That is, that is a form of worship. That is a form of worship. You understand but then that is not the only way to worship god no and that is not even the main way to worship god no and newsflash let me let you let me let you understand something that form of worship has much more to do about us than god benefits us than much much more it benefits us much more than it benefits god when we come together and sing it boosts a boost faith. <laughs> you get it it's a weapon in the spirit. That form of worship comes together and singing. And so it's so important. But it's so important for us rather than God. <laughs> rather than God. There is a, the only thing God can do for himself is to worship him, himself. So that's why we are here. We are here to worship him. And you think that the function that God created man to do, he can't worship himself. So he's creating man to worship him. 
the function that God created man to do would only be in, in singing slow songs and praises. No. No, 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 no. It, it's bigger than that. Worship is so much bigger than, than just that part of the service where we sing songs. No. Worship goes beyond that. Worship is an act. It's the activities that we do that pleases God. That is what is worship. And so, Paul is saying that, that we should offer ourselves as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. But that is a genuine act of worship. Genuine act. He didn't mention any song over here. No. He didn't mention that the, 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 the backers must <laughs> sing in part and the, the, the one leading the song, the, the minister must sing and add, add lips, <laughs> must add riffs and runs. No, that is not worship. That is, um, that is, that is a form of worship. But that is not the definition of worship. No. Let's go into the word. Hallelujah. So realize that when God called and separated the people of Israel, when God called and separated the people of Israel, he gave them rules and he gave them ways to worship him. He said, I will be their God and they will be my people. When God identified and took Abraham away from his family, Abraham was from the, the, the Chaldeans. And throughout scripture, we hear the Chaldeans anytime the king wants um, advice or he wants something magical he wants uh, something to happen you know he calls the child in he wants an explanation of dream he calls the child in these people were people who who they were invested into idol worship you get it the Chaldeans were people who and you know the the jewish the jewish culture has the jews have it that they have scripts and, and stories of abraham's young days before god called him and it says that abraham's father was an idol maker abraham's father made idols he carved idols of wood and it says that abraham didn't understand why they would bow down to something that was made yesterday this timber i saw it and then i saw my father carving it and then people will come and buy pay money for it and go and worship it like he doesn't understand that analogy you see, Abraham was, was a rebellious kind. There's a story that said one day, Abraham, you know, went to his father's shop, took an axe, and broke all the smaller idols there. He broke it, he destroyed it, and put the axe beside the big idol. When the father came, the father was so angry at Abraham that, why did you do this? And Abraham argued that, oh, that is not me. It's the big idol that killed the small idol. And the father said, ah, how can this big eye, the eye, it can't move, it can't do anything, how can it break it? Then he said, exactly, so why do we worship it? <laughs> you see, Abraham was a rebellious, he was a, he was a rebel in that regard. Hallelujah. And so it's no wonder that that desire for something real, God called him, like, leave your father's house, leave. Let me show you. For the first time, Abraham hears a, the voice of God, he hears the voice of a deity. He has not seen him before. He has not encountered him before. But he hears the voice and he knows this one must be real. Hallelujah. This one must be real. Zotali Ampradisha Kanagadia. Elendendi Patu Rabababa Shanda. Ekadulebedebedebe Shanda Ladadabradi. Hallelujah. Right, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 4. Nine, Deuteronomy chapter four, verse fourteen. It says, "Do not worship the Lord your God in the way these pagans do. In the way these pagans worship their God, rather you must seek the Lord your God at a place of worship. He Himself will choose from among all the tribes the place where His name will be honored. There you will bring your burnt offering, your sacrifice, your sight." your sacred offerings, your offerings to fulfill a vow, your voluntary offerings, and your offerings of the firstborn animals of your head and flocks. There, you and your families will feast in the presence of the Lord, and you will rejoice in all you have accomplished, because the Lord your God has blessed you. Your pattern of worship will change today. 
No, your passion of worship will change. Today, all of you are doing as you please because you have not arrived yet at a place of rest. The land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. The Bible is telling us, it says, do not worship the Lord your God like the way these pagans do. The pagans, they worship idols. They worship idols. Some of them even do human sacrifices to these idols. Human sacrifices. And God is telling the people of Israel, through Moses, that don't worship God like the way these people do. So rather you must, listen, so rather you must seek the Lord your God at the place of worship he himself will choose from among all the tribes. Worship the Lord from the place he will choose from among the tribes. From where, for the place he will choose from among the tribes. It's very, very interesting. He's telling them that they should worship God from the place God, God will choose, God himself will choose. God himself will choose. You know that this thing caused some confusion in the people of Israel, especially between them and the Samaritans. It caused confusion. Let me let you know something. John chapter 4 verse 21. Jesus said, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship the Father neither on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Hey, but in your heart. Jesus met the woman at the well and the discourse that happened between them. Are you here? You want to drink water, but you don't have uh, anything to pay. He said, if you knew I was, you ask me for water. Like, uh, you don't even have anything. So how will you give me water? He said, the water will give you. The water will give you. It will well up in you. So this woman says that, give me the water. Jesus says that, go and bring your husband. He says that, no, I don't have a husband. He said, yeah, the person you are even living with is not your husband. You've had five. Then this, this woman asks a question. And the question she asks is that, you Jews say that the place of worship is Jerusalem. But we Gentiles believe it's on the mountain where our fathers made the sacrifice. And this was Jesus' response. He said, you Jews believe that the place of worship is in Jerusalem. And the Samaritans believe, the Samaritans believe that it's on the mountain. Her contemplation was what, what Moses said, that seek the Lord and find him. In the place of worship that he has chosen. The place of worship that God has chosen. They should seek him there. And worship him there. And so this woman's issue in life. <laughs> was where to worship God. Was how to worship God. Was fellowship with God. She didn't know. That issue that issue in life. That, that confusion. Was moving her from husband to husband. She was looking for. <laughs> she was looking for true intimacy. And true worship. And she was moving from husband to husband. She was looking for it in man. She was not finding it. She had even given up on the concept of marriage. That she was cohabiting with someone. And Jesus answers that question. He says, believe me, dear woman. The time has come. When you will worship the Father. Neither on a mountain. Nor in Jerusalem. But in your heart. The following verses is the one that even, even gets to me. So for the Father is speaking, he said the time will come when the true worshippers, true worshippers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is looking for, is looking for those kind of worshippers. God's eyes is setting for those who are worshipping him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. And let's get into the act of worship. So an act of worship is anything done. Hallelujah. Anything done that pleases a certain deity. God has his own acts of worship. What he requires of us. Hallelujah. So we realize that if Cain attached faith to the concept of sacrifice, he would have provided a good sacrifice. A sacrifice pleasing to God. The difference was faith. The activities were the same. The difference was faith. The concept was different. And so we realize that Cain's sacrifice was rejected because he was not worshipping God. <laughs> Let me take it again. Cain's sacrifice was rejected because he was not worshipping God. No, he wasn't. He wasn't worshipping God. 
every particular god every particular spirit every particular deity has a required way of doing things the moment you flout it the moment you 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 do something apart from it you are not engaging in that god's worship no you are not you are not engaging in that god's worship anytime that you do something that is against what God has said, or against the things God has asked us to do. The moment you are doing that, no, you are not worshiping God. You are worshiping another deity. You may not know, but you are worshiping another deity. You are worshiping another deity. So I say mercy. In First Corinthians chapter ten, verse seven to twelve. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse seven to twelve. Hallelujah. For it is written, the people settled into their unrestrained revelry with feasting and drinking. Then they roused up and became wildly out of control. They are ways by complaining, grumbling with this content. As now completing it all within us. So beware. If you, if you think it could never happen to you, lest your pride becomes your downfall. This scripture is heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. First of all, you think that well, the people that he is talking about are pagan. No. He's talking about the people of God. He's talking about the people of God. He said they were practicing idolatry. Yeah. Me, I thought idolatry is when you get the, the, the physical emblem or the physical presentation of that God and bow down to it. Like they did, you know. What happened when Moses went to the I'm talking about the Israelites in the wilderness, when Moses went to the mountain top to, to, to engage with God. He called Aaron to make for them a golden cow. And they worshiped that golden cow, saying that Moses has left. So our God has rejected us. So we need a God. And so they found it. That's what I thought idolatry was. When Moses came, he expresses this interest. He expresses this interest. But then the Bible is also stating another form of idolatry. So what they bowing down to their idol is to, to other idol worship. That is what we do in church. Where we also worship God, extol him, praise his name. You get it. That is the same thing, the, the physical act of bowing down to the, the idol. Our God, we don't see him. We believe he, is a, he exists. He's the invisible God. Hallelujah. So we worship him. You get it. But then they will bow down before an, an image they can see. You understand? So like that's the equivalent. Now, the Bible is talking of another kind of uh, practicing idolatry. And it says, how some of them did. But it's written, the people settled into their understanding unrestrained rivalry was there was so much anger and so much hate among themselves and the bible refers it to us idolatry with feasting and drinking hey what's wrong with feasting and drinking hey <laughs> feasting and drinking in other words they they they, they were gluttons and the Bible refers it to as idolatry. They were gluttons. Then they rose up and became wildly out of control. They, they lacked self-control. And the Bible refers it to as idolatry. Mm. So neither should we commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, which caused the death of 23,000 on a single day. They perverted the marriage bed. They didn't keep themselves holy. They didn't recognize their bodies as something to keep holy they committed sexual immorality and they paid for it the bible is referring to it as idolatry mm. then nor should we ever provoke the lord this is even serious nor should we ever provoke the lord as some of them did how did they provoke the lord by putting him to outrageous test hey oh my god Putting him to outrageous test. In other words, that if God is real, then God do this for me. Hey! The Bible is referring to it as idolatry. You are worshipping another God. Not Jehovah. Not Jehovah. The Bible says that and God wanted to do so much, but he was, he was restricted by their own belief. Their own belief pushed God back. and says, don't do more. By their own belief, the Bible refers to it as idolatry. Idolatry. And it says, 
and we must not embrace their ways of complaining, grumbling with discontent, as many of them did and were killed by the destroyer. We must not embrace their way of complaining. So complaining is a worship of another God, not God. Ooh. Are we together? When we complain and grumble, and God, why me? Why me? God, this, God, look at what I'm going through. And God, you say you are my God, but look at what is happening. Look at what is happening to my life. Look at what is happening to my family. And God, look at my friends. So they don't even save you, God, and they are fine. But look at me. Look at, look at what I'm going through. Look at, look at the scars I have. Lord, look at. Is it complaining and grumbling? Is a worship of another God, not Jehovah. Not Jehovah. I go to a point God allowed their their complaint. He allowed it. But God said, please, he, he, he didn't stand for it enough. Some of the things that will happen in life, if a baby Christian is complaining, fine. They don't really know their God. They don't really know their God. So God gives room for error. Because of his, his mercy, his love, he gives room for error. So in that painful thing, that he sees somebody that he has saved, somebody that he has died for, worshipping another God by complaining, he gives room for error. That, oh, this is my son, I will show him something, and he will know me, and he will worship me. But you, the one who has grown, you, the one who saw the sea split, walk on dry ground, you, the one who has who is seeing the pillar of cloud, and the pillar of fire, you, the same one, are complaining. You, the one who God has taken you out of that depression, you the one who God has taken you out of that season of negativity. You the one who God has rescued you from the grip of the enemy. You the one who God has seen you through school. You the one you didn't know where your next meal is coming from. You the one that God miraculously provided for that one evening. You the one who got a free lift when you thought you walk home. Are you complaining? Don't you know your God? Why are you worshiping another God? He says he's the jealous God. He's so jealous. He's so jealous that his jealousy can kill you. Sometimes we, we misunderstand the jealousy of God. God is so jealous that he can kill you before you make a mistake. So that you will be with him in heaven. He can cut short your destiny and give your purpose to someone else. So that you will not miss your way. So that you will not miss your way. There are so many acts of worship that people engage in. Eh? That is idolatry. It's not we are not worshiping God. We are not worshiping God. Sexual immorality. Look at today. Look at today. We literally have in US, not in no, yeah, yeah, yeah. In US, you get it in some part of the world. They've dedicated the amount of June to, to sexual immorality. Perversion of the human body. Men dressing like women, women dressing like men. If you actually trace and actually read history, that practice is not a new practice today. No, it's something that was there. In a certain time, they did it. A certain God, they used to worship a certain God. It's a worship of a certain God that does what they are doing. Men dressing like women, women dressing like men, men uh, having sexual relations with men, women having sexual relations with women. Messed up, so messed up. Is broken the, the sanctity of marriage. It's a worship of another God. Broken the sanctity of marriage. Defying the systems God puts in place. And the funny thing is that if as a Christian or if as a child of God, you don't attach faith to these things, you will be in violation or you will be worshipping that God. Let me give you an example. If you know, some people talk like this. That, oh, it's their body. Let them do what they want to do. Oh, it, um, oh get with the times. That's what now we, we have advanced as, as a human race. Get with the times. Um, and they, they preach freedom. Oh, now we are free to do what we want to do. If as a believer you have this disposition, trust me, in your mind you are worshipping that God. Oh, no, you've not taken part in the activities. But the disposition you have is a clear regard. It's so clear. It's so clear. If the disposition you have, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, So put to death 
a sinful and earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust and evil doers. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of the world. A greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of the world. Greed. Also money worship. Remember we, we did the uh, do not worry. That's the moon. Do not worry. Where the Bible compares and, and mammon, that is money, mammon, and says don't worship, don't worry, you can't worship God and mammon. Why would Jesus make such a comparison? Mammon is not on the level with Jesus. Mammon is not on the level with Jesus, uh, with God. Why would Jesus make such a comparison? That you can't say too much, that you hate one and love the other. In other words, in other words, if you are really worshipping God, you will hate money. You will hate money. But if you are really worshipping money, you will hate God. We find people who are believers in the church and their doctrine given is twisted. Their doctrine of giving is twisted. They don't believe in paying time. They don't believe in giving. No, they don't believe in giving to God. Like, oh, God has blessed me to take care of my family. God has blessed me to accumulate wealth. I must leave. They tell you and quote scripture. Quote scripture. Some of them is greed. Some of them is money worship. Some of them is worry. It's not always the rich ones. <laughs> it's not always the rich ones. We are quick to think that those who are rich are the people who are worshipping money. No, sometimes the poor, the poor can worship money. Money is a God. He decides who gets it. Money will resist you if you are too, if you like him too much. You please, he will resist you. He resist you. Mammon. Bible says, do not worry for what you eat or drink. Your Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father knows what you need and you provide. But rather seek first the kingdom and all its righteousness. And all these things that you are looking for will be added unto you. All these things that Added on to you. Some people they are, they are worrying, worrying. Hey, God, anyway, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, I'm lacking this, I'm lacking this. Hey, God, where are we going to get this from? Hey, God, how am I going to take care of this? Hey, God, what am I going to do? This? That is money worship. That is money worship. The altar of money worship is worry. The altar is, is worry. That's the act of money worship. And it causes greed. So there's money in your hand, God says release it, you can't release it. Causes greed. If you really have an understanding that all I have, God gives me. When God is requesting for something, it won't be difficult. It's like God is saying, hold this for me. And God is saying, give it to me. Then, oh God, how can I give it to you? What do you mean? I gave it to you, give it to me. If you believe God gave it to you, it will be easy to give it to you. Act of money worship is worry. Worry is the act of money worship. Greed is a result. <laughs> every act of thing, everything we do, every act of worship results in something. It gives something to us. It gives something to us. Greed is the result. And greed causes all sorts of things. All sorts of things. When people accumulate wealth to the extent that when they get to a certain point, then they are sick. And all the wealth they accumulated in their day, all their doctrine of accumulate wealth accumulation is now spent on taking care of themselves to their dying bed. Then a family member comes to take over and messes it up. And it doesn't even transition to the next generation. Doesn't even transition to the next generation. Hallelujah. Are we, are we together? Are we together? But God has a way that we worship Him through our money. And it's acknowledging that all that I have, God gave me. And so when God places a demand on it, you can give. One way to worship God through your money is to give. Give to the people of God. Give to the servants of God. Anyone who gives a cup to the prophet is worthy of the prophet's blessing. You receive the prophet's blessing before God will bless you himself. Hallelujah. When we say this and they say it's prosperity gospel, it's not prosperity gospel. No. In the school of the spirit, we don't like talking about this because that's not a focal point. We don't take we don't take offerings and because that is not our focal point. But we'll be doing you a disservice if we don't talk about it. If we don't talk about it, you will get into it. Let's 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 go on. Let's go on. 
the love of money that we promote. Because you love it. Because you love it. Because those who have accumulated so much today, they didn't see money again. Now, money is not even the, the, the thing they focus on. Trust me. Those who have accumulated was so much. See Solomon. So gold was, was common in his day. Gold was common in his day. What did he write? Vanity upon vanity. <laughs> says, I've, I've done all things. I've done all. I've indulged in everything. He indulged in everything. His conclusion is a fear of the Lord. Fear God. Some of the things that we are chasing. Some of the things we are chasing. To do is as easy as fear God. Just fear God. Psalm 106, 37 to 39. Psalm 106, verse 37 to 39. They even sacrificed their little children to demon spirits, shedding innocent blood of their sons and daughters. These dark practices greatly defiled the land and their own souls through the murder and bloodshed of their own babies. Their sins made their them spiritual adulterers before you. Sacrificing babies to evil spirits. Baal worship. The Bible talks of talks of it in Isaiah. He said that's shameful God. Shameful God. In other words, in the realm of the spirit, he's a despise. They despise him. He's a shameful God. That's shameful spirit. And, and you, you sacrifice your babies to it. Sacrifice your babies to it. Uh, abortion. 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 A lot of people worldwide, I, I think that will not be because uh, their body, because of family planning, because um, you bring the baby at the wrong time, blah, 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 blah. And so, they, they are they are vouching for an abortion, not knowing they are speaking for a demon, they are speaking for a spirit, an evil spirit. And believe you me, there are some people in the church because of religiosity. When something if an unfortunate event happens, and especially the, the youth among the youth and unmarried, when they get pregnant, it's difficult for them to bring it out. It's difficult for them to keep it, so they are forced into adultery. They are forced into abortion, into bow worship. They are forced to worship bow with that act, with that act of abortion. Children are a gift from the Lord. Children are a gift from the Lord. And there was a mother with a baby. And the baby was disturbing the service. Honestly, the baby was disturbing the service. You know, sometimes babies can get jittery. They are not aware of their surroundings. They are so happy and so excited. And so they are laughing and disturbing the service. Then one moment is crying because the mommy is, the mommy is disturbing to keep quiet. Scolding is crying. Hallelujah. It's disturbing the service. It's disturbing the service. And the Holy Spirit just told But I thought to myself, oh, this baby is really disturbing. Like, this baby must be quiet. And the Holy Spirit told me that you know how many people sitting in the service wish their babies were disturbing the service. But they don't have a baby. How many people sitting here in the service, listening to this baby crying and praying, God, oh God, give me a baby to disturb the service. Give me me to give me, bless me with a baby. So that the baby will cry and laugh and disturb the service. But they don't have it. From that moment, I've changed my disposition about babies in service. That is even an act of worship. <laughs> That if the baby is in the mouth of babes and sucklings, he has ordained praise. Let the baby lift up the voice. You ask yourself, how do we as believers engage in our worship? You think sometimes, you think we are so far away from these things, but it's as easy as an act, an act that God has not validated. Let me give you something. Let me let you know something. Use flash. The Bible says, don't provoke your child to anger. When you provoke your child to anger, you are worshipping Baal. <laughs> when you speak evil words or speak bad words or in your anger, you speak something on the child. Like you don't do all in life or you are so stubborn, you are so distant. So if you speak negative words upon your child, you are marrying that child. You are killing that child. You are killing the destiny and the gift of that you. That is Baal worship. That is Baal worship. You go open my eyes and like, wow, wow, wow. That is Baal worship. When you provoke your child to anger. So he says, don't you as much as he's telling the children obey your parents he's telling the parents don't provoke your child to anger because you are giving your child out to spirit you are giving your child out to spirit that is bowel worship it's so dangerous like it's hidden 
it's hidden now now they are getting smart the way they do things it's hidden it's hidden it's hidden christians don't see why they don't see what's wrong with going for a concert a concert with really singing really singing speaking and, and saying things over them you don't see yeah it's, it's fun you know let's just go on and hang out you know this concert they are selling tickets let's go and hang out let's go let's go and sing and and they don't know that it, that that thing they are doing is an act of worship. What is the difference when we come to church and we are lifting hands before God? It's the same thing. The same guy is standing there, and he's also ministering. But if it's not God, which spirit is the, the singer ministering to, and leading us in, in worship of that spirit? Some of them sing about lust, lust. Sing about lust. Some of them sing about hate. Some of them sing about greed. Some sing about greed. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Romans chapter 1 verse 25. The Bible says they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and said the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped the things God created instead of the creator himself. And that is materialism. That is materialism. That is materialism. Instead of acknowledging God, they are worshipping things. Somebody can get a car and the car becomes his baby. Hey, his baby. Oh, you see my ride, see my whip, my new whip, you see my new ride, I'm pulling up my new ride, clean, washing the car, clean the car, nobody can do anything to the car. And people worship investment. This is a good investment. Hey. This investment is yielding so much. This investment is providing for my family. Where did God pass? Where did God pass? Where did God pass? When that one, this investment. Where did God pass? Now God doesn't provide again the investment. Where did God pass? When you were walking in the street and you were praying to God for a car. The car has come. Now the car is your everything. When you were single and praying to God for a husband. To take away the shame that is upon your age. The shame that society has tagged on you. Now the husband has come and the husband is your everything. Where did God pass? Where did God pass? We were praying for a wife, for a God-fearing wife. And sometimes we, we feel like because the person is a Christian, it, it, it doesn't qualify. But no, when you even worship your wife, it's a story of a man of God who, who married a very beautiful woman. The woman came so beautiful, Holy Spirit filled, was a prayer warrior. And but the woman too loved the man so much. That when the man is even traveling for ministry, she doesn't want him to go, oh, don't leave me. And when she says that, it gets to him because he loves her so much. He loves her so much. But to a point, God, God, God took the wine. God killed him. God caused the wine to be done so he can focus on the, the tax up. And God told him, it's because you did, you were listening to your wife and not me. That's why I took her away. The jealousy of God can come for you. Mm. Sometimes his mercy is holding back his jealousy. His mercy is holding back his jealousy. Let the unbelievers do it. Salvation is on their path. You that you are a believer, the jealousy of God is roused against you. Sometimes we, we, we worship ourselves. So much belief in what we can do. So much belief in what we can do. Oh, I have so many achievements. I've achieved this. I've achieved that. I've achieved this. And yes, when you go to this department, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. The titles, I'm now I'm a doctor. So yes, so, so when you're addressing me, address me as doctor. Sometimes we don't see it. It's in this act of worship. Sometimes a little as, oh, I, I believe I can do this. Hmm. Sometimes that statement, I believe I can do this. We're all the same, we should believe in ourselves as a motivational quote. God never said we should believe in ourselves. Never said it. Wow. Act of worship. Although you're a believer, you can worship a spirit, an unknown spirit. Unknowingly, I don't worship. Even when you are a believer, even when you are a believer, you can engage in idol worship. That's what the Bible is saying. Don't think these things cannot happen to you. Don't think they can't happen to you. If they happen to people who behold the glory of God, who are you? The Bible says in Titus chapter 1, verse 16, Titus 1, verse 16, it says, Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing, worthless for doing anything good. When I read the scripture in the Bible, it really hit my heart and I had to do a reevaluation. 
It says these people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. Other people say they deny Him by their actions. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their actions. And I had to reevaluate myself that do I fall in this regard? Do I fall in this category? Do I fall in this category? Let me explain it to you. When we all come to church, everybody lifts their hands. Everybody worships God. RME taught us a religious morality education, a subject in school, taught us that the Christians worship God. The Muslims worship Allah. The traditionalists worship whatever they worship. They are the gods they worship. Yeah. And they describe the Christian worship, like how I said in the beginning, that it is when we come together and we sing songs to God and thank God and everything. We do that. But this is what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that there are some people who also do that. But their lives are their lives deny God. Do you know the meaning of denying God? Do you know what it means to deny God? In church you say you know him. But outside of the church, your life not you or you didn't say it but your life and the the, the way you live your life, the actions you take are declared to God that I don't know you. You are not my God. You are not my God. I've seen men and women of God. Men and women of God. People who preach and I feel the anointing of God. They tell me that I should be wise and smart with the way you handle yourself. Listen, I recently had a discussion with one woman of God. I was so disheartened. At the end of this discussion, I felt heartbroken. I was questioning if God spoke to me. This man God was advising me to take a career path, considering a career path. I told her, oh no, God has told me to do something. She was like, are you sure you heard God wrong? Sometimes when we hear God, we interpret it wrong. I said, hey, hey, <laughs> I'm believing, I'm, I'm actively believing God. Actively believing God. I heard what God said. I, I know God spoke to me. I heard what God said. She made me doubt God. She made me doubt the word of God. She made me doubt if I was actually doing what God said I should do. Because I didn't take the path of the world. But God brought me back to a certain conversation he had. And I told God that I don't want to take the path of the world. He said, okay, then follow me. You can profess to know God, but the way you treat your children, deny that God is your God. You can profess to know God, but the way you handle your money, it shows that God is not your God. You can stand in church and lift up holy hands, shed tears in the way you talk to your neighbors, talk to people around you. The advice you give people, the way you live your life, can deny God. Let's move on. Time is, time is going. Let's move on. I see this again. God is giving someone dynamite. Hey, what is this? And God is saying you are the dynamite. He, I see God put dynamite in someone's hand. And he's saying you, you are the dynamite. And I see that like God throwing the person to a certain place. And the person explodes. It's an explosion. And he's sick. And he's sick. The Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 20. God bless you for taking this word in. You are the dynamite. <laughs> you are the dynamite. Hallelujah. So from now on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with a right heart. For God is spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshippers and daughters in the realm of the spirit and truth. In the realm of the spirit and truth. In other words, we can't worship God without the spirit of god we can't do it it will not be possible so god has given us his spirit to enable us to worship to enable us to worship and he's telling us truth the spirit is going to reveal truth to us to enable us to worship also before this we didn't know that kissing out your children is bow worship we thought it's only abortion also now we know that is the truth. The Spirit of God helps you. So in that regard, now when you speak to your children, you speak words of 
life to them. Hallelujah. And in that regard, you are worshiping God. When you keep the marriage bed holy, knowing that having the truth that this is a representation of the, 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 the relationship between, between God, between Jesus and the church. And so I'm representing something that is an act of worship to God. And I realize that when I'm sowing a seed into a man of God's life, I'm not throwing away money. No. When I'm blessing a man of God or a woman of God with, with, with my substance, with my gift, with my substance, it, I'm not throwing away the money. I'm not being foolish. I'm not being ignorant. No. I'm actually worshipping God in that regard. Truth. Truth. Here we don't preach about money. We don't, we don't require money. Because that's not what God sent us. You get it. But we don't deny the effect of it. See, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. We, Sister Jimana and I practice active giving. We really give. We really give. Sometimes if I should tell you some of the things that we have, we have given, it will shock you. We really give. And we are benefiting from the seeds of giving. We are benefiting from, we are not stupid. No, we are not stupid individuals. We are benefiting from it. Because it's not the core foundation of our ministry, we don't catch on that. We'll be doing you a disservice if we don't tell you. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. The Bible says concerning the people who deny him in their actions, that they are not fit for anything good, for any good work. No, they are in church. These are the people in church. These are the people who, who dress properly. Who, these are the people who, who, who shout in church. These are the people who lift up their hands and worship God. But their actions deny him. He says that they are not good for any good use. They are not fit for any good use. They are worthless in anything good. And he says something different about other people. He says, if you keep yourself pure, like a special, you'll be used. It will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. And you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good way. In other words, when we gain the full understanding of acts of worship and purify every activity we do and attach faith to everything we do as an act of worship, we are opening uh, uh, opportunities for God to use us in that regard. Let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. You, you desire the gift of prophecy or you desire to speak for God and minister to God and, and, and you know maybe sing songs to God if you desire to minister the word of God you desire for God to use you like that in that place you must understand that every word that proceeds from your mouth is a worship to God and so you must rule out curse words from your mouth you must rule out some certain language from your mouth you must rule out you must carefully examine every word that is coming from your mouth Hallelujah. Then you see that God will release the gift of prophecy to you because now your mouth is clean. Hallelujah. So God is using you in that regard. You want to be a kingdom financier. You want to handle wealth of nations. Not just comfortable in a three, four bedroom with two cars, one for your wife, one for your, uh, yourself and maybe one uh, uh, listen, Kia or one Picanto for, for, for your children or one for work. You get it. And they have a pool on the side and, and be okay, be satisfied. No, you want to handle the wealth of nations. And God is bringing before you. He wants to kill the desire, the love of money in your hand. And so when money comes to your hand, God is saying, give it. When money comes, God is saying, give it. When money comes, God is saying, give it. When money comes, God is saying, give it. He's killing the desire. He's killing the, the, the love of money. So now when money comes, you don't regard money as a God. You still look to God. But then you are holding on to your money, uh, holding on to your money. When money comes, you hold it, you calculate it. Uh, I'll, I'll spend one dollar on Monday, two dollars on Tuesday, and, and you are you are calculating everything. And, and, uh, and God can't even have a part in your money. God can't use you in that regard. In other words, in the regard of money, you have denied that He is your God. Oh, <laughs> some people with desire. That, that we want to be, we see it out there. We see men or uh, women of God having beautiful marriages. That stands for something. And these people have the message from God to speak into people's marriages, to speak into people's relationships. We want the same thing, but we don't regard our relationship as worship towards God. So in our relationship, anything goes. Anything goes. 
some people are practicing sexual immorality in relationship not married some people are cohabiting but you want to have a successful christ-centered marriage christ-centered marriage let me tell you something i only honestly used to reserve a, a certain mentality about cohabiting i feel like oh if, if you have the grace to do it you can do it but god rebuked me sometimes god rebuked me sometimes it doesn't represent him in any way no it doesn't signify him even if it's two believers two strong believers it doesn't signify him you get married you get married even if you decide not to have you get married you get married doesn't signify him so probably know it's a representation or a worship of another spirit another god and we don't know if you want god to use you in a certain regard look at the acts of worship that are the activities not the, the activities that are related to that thing the activities related to that the activities related to that it's a matter of your heart Zola Danina Sande, we are ending soon. Why we stay in our uncle's scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Stop imitating, stop imitating the cultures around you. Yes, yes, you, you, you were once like that, you've come into the kingdom, and so now in the kingdom we do things differently. We do things differently. So stop imitating, but be transformed. Be transformed in the way you think, in the by renewing your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is by the Holy Spirit. This is by the Holy Spirit. This is by the Spirit of God. The Bible says, "We behold as in a mirror." Ah, the image. We are being transformed into that image that we behold from glory to glory. Don't come into Christ and start bearing all the fruit of the Spirit. No, it will take time. God has to remove. They have to act. They have to do this. They have to graft in. They have to approve every tree that's not planted and every everything that you have esteemed as an idol. God is working on your character. He's creating it. Breaking. He's doing this thing. Sometimes we look at the men of God and women of God that are big and we feel like they have arrived. No, God is still working on us. Last week, Sister Jemima said that God is working on you. He'll work on you till you die. He's still working on you. Sometimes we have this mentality that I used, to, I, I used to think like that, that God is working on me this season. The next season, He will announce me. Then I'm fully ready. Then hey, when He announced me, Charlie, I'm going to do some serious ministry. And <laughs> that is futile. God is preparing us for something bigger than what is even on this earth. God is preparing us for something outside time. He's preparing us for the new Jerusalem. He's preparing us to be kings and priests. He's preparing us to be leaders in the new Jerusalem. In the kingdom that 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 darkness is not there. That's what he's preparing us for. So he's creating character in us. Character to handle these things. So God is God will work on our character till we die. So the day he says, Come. Some people they don't finish their training here. When they get to heaven, they are still there, they are still doing training. The man of God had a vision. Jesse Duplantis had a vision. He saw Paul. Paul was teaching a class in heaven. He was teaching a class in heaven. <laughs> teaching a class in heaven. <laughs> oh, the Holy Spirit will help us. Worship God the right way we need to worship. Not just coming together on Sunday and singing songs when it's time for the, the allocated time for worship. On us to pray. On us to pray. We are praying that may God expose every idol in our life. May God expose every idol in our life. Go on to pray. Every idol, oh God, be exposed. Everything in my life that I have exalted about you. Every activity that I am doing that is in active worship to something else apart from me. Expose it, expose it, expose it in my in my action, in my conduct, in my relationship, in my marriage, in my children. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Priana, Renken Preke, Di Pradusha, Krakatalama Kamba, Imata, Ibi Ministry, I Servitude, Masatakata, Italagata, O Malandi, Masud, Delegi, Delegisha, expose all the men of God that I have idolized, expose all the world leaders that I have idolized, Imantalama Kapandele Belebisha, Kandele Bidebria Talagata, Redebisha, Dalababanka, Ipandele Bidebisha, Dalagada, expose all the things that I have idolized, O God, be the laptop, be the iPhone, be the car, be the house, be an apartment. Oh God, Oh, pray this prayer. God will open your eyes to see some things you are doing. It's not about somebody else, it's about you. Anything, oh Lord, in our lives that we are worshiping without knowing, exposes in the mind of Jesus. La Mara Santa Kia Bababa, Yepo Santerebosha, La We are praying that may God destroy all altars, not of Him in our lives. May God destroy all altars, not of Him in our lives. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. When you drive out the nation that live there, you must destroy all the places where they worship their God. High on the mountains, up on the hills, under every green tree. Break down their altars and smash their sacred pillars. Then their Asherah poles and cut down the cut idols. Completely erase the names of their God. Hey, Masulagadia. We are praying in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every idol, every altar that has been raised to an idol in our life, it may have been raised by experience, by doctrine, by education, by other things. Oh God, we declare it be pulled down. We smash it, we break it, we burn it in the name of Jesus. We cut the carved idols, we erase the name of those gods in our life and the worship of those gods in our life. And we are praying. That may the Holy Spirit teach us and help us to worship in spirit and truth. The Bible says that, oh, the time is coming and the time is now. When the true worshippers of God will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And we are praying, oh God, help us worship you. Help us worship you in spirit and in truth. Oh, don't get tired of me. Don't get tired of me. We'll do soon. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help me. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. Holy Spirit, help me. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. Holy Spirit, help me. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. Baby, Ampala, Nanama, Shanda. We are praying that may we receive the benefits of the spirit and truth worship. May we receive the benefit that God will use us, pure people, fit for the master's use, use in the regard, oh God, that He lifts us up in, in the name of Jesus. Of you, oh Master. I see a light falling down. It's coming down. It's coming down from heaven. And it's like a, it's the healing anointing. Anto Lady Antalababa Shantalababa. I see it on you, Mike. Mike, I see it on you. Mike, I see it on you. The healing anointing, the healing anointing. The Lord is saying that purify your body. Purify your body. That is his temple. Oh, my son, may God open your eyes to see the, the, the activities that are, are, are not worshipping him in your flesh. And he says that that healing anointing will increase when you do that. It will increase when you do that. May we be beneficiaries of this anointing in the name of Jesus. Oh, Prophet Jemima, I see that the Holy Spirit is taking your ministry, your prophetic ministry to another level in the name of Jesus. He said, oh, for, 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 for some time now, you stop watching some movies. You stop watching those movies and every movie you watch has something to do with scripture, something to do with the Bible. You started watching Christian movies and like you have, you have, and um, um, so you have separated yourself, consecrated yourself to watch only that. And the Lord is saying that the place you desire 
to him take your your prophetic ministry and your gift to he's taking it today and he's exceeding there in the name of jesus oh my god he said that your prophetic ministry currently currently it's like when they measured the water and, and the, the, the prophet was in the water and it was up to his ankle currently he said where he's sending you to is it, going to shoot up to your neck the water is going to shoot up to your neck in the name of jesus you start prophesying national prophecies kingdom prophecies you start prophesying things way into the future you start writing things you start prophesying things in the name of jesus Masatali Ankatalegatiha Ankala Masan Delebedibriata Rabababasha Enkula Mamamanti Ipendiminianta Ipanenenianta Panenenianta Ishadanamanianta Shananamanianta Ipanenenianta Panenenianta Epelco Pampe in Kalababa Riapapa Oh Agnes, I see this as a disturbing image. I see you vomiting star. You are vomiting star. You are vomiting star. Agnes. God wants to take you to the secret place. He's saying, hide, hide, hide there, hide there. Otherwise, your 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 this and your gift of what He has placed in you will prematurely come out. He said, hide there, hide in the place of intimacy, hide in the place of the secret place. Tighten your relationship with God. Hold it, hold it well. Your relationship with God. Have a personal relationship with God. Don't don't be corporate. No, Agnes, you said here on this ministry that your destiny is too big. Something like this. Hold it well. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you, O oh, sweet Spirit of the Living God. We bless your name in Jesus' name. We thank you for this word that we will see results. In the name of Jesus. Amen.